Hi everybody, welcome back to Broncos Europe. Uh, Michael and Colin here again with, uh, well, who is now technically a Denver media legend, and she's leaving. So we had we had to get her on for what? It's not going to be a last time, Nikki, but the last time in Denver uh, from the Athletic for the NFL to the Broncos, Nikki Javala. Hi, Nikki. Hi. How are you guys? Yeah, we're sad. We're we're really sad you're leaving. Like, I mean, absolutely got it to be honest. It, it's bittersweet. I love Denver. I loved covering the Broncos. My family's out here now too. Um, my parents built a house to be closer to me and my siblings actually, and they moved in two days before I got the job offer. Um, so sorry, mom and dad. Um, but yeah, it's I'm gonna miss it here. It was a tough decision to go, but it's a good opportunity. If you had said. Um, even in January, Nikki, that there'd be a global pandemic, uh, there'd be an online draft, three or four months of lockdown, and then you'd be moving to Washington in four or five months. You probably would have laughed at it, I'd say, in that sense. Yeah, this, this year has been absolutely absurd, and we're only halfway through, so I'm scared to know what's coming. You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, what, who knows what, what is in the, the second half. But, uh, Nikki, um, I suppose it, like, uh, going, I mean, Washington Post is quite a, what an opportunity for you, but you certainly will be missed in Denver. And I think the response across the Denver media, I mean, you, you could see the, the outpouring that there was. And uh, even Shannon Sharp uh, getting in on the, the act uh, I saw on, on Twitter. Uh, how, what, what was that? What was that like? What was, how, did, how did you feel when you, you put out the news and then, you know, there was this tsunami of, of uh, responses? Yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. I didn't expect any of it. It was overwhelming. Um, incredibly grateful for all the support from readers and everybody else over the years. Um, you know, I think sometimes I, I just get so in my bubble, you know, kind of just reporting, writing, you just kind of get in that mode where, you know, you're just doing your job and you don't really kind of notice the outside world. And, you know, when I, when that announcement did come out and you see the support and all the incredibly nice messages, um, you, you have to sit back and kind of really appreciate, um, well, I did, I appreciate what I have here in Denver and all the readers and everything. I mean, that, that meant the world to me. My job is, you know, number two behind my family. It's, it's pretty much everything to me. So to have that response was amazing. It was incredible. So the yeah like the, I, I thought the response on Twitter was just amazing and not just on Twitter but obviously across social media it was fantastic to see and look I know the obvious answer to this question Nikki is probably going to be Santa Clara a few years ago but you've been in Denver for a considerable amount of time now at different publications what would you say your favorite memory is over that period before you leave my favorite memory actually you know some of my favorite memories were kind of behind the scenes, just, you know, dealing with other media members in the, in the press room at the Broncos facility, just some of the, some of the interactions I, I laughed just thinking about it or, you know, just talking to some of the players in the locker room. Um, you know, some of their one liners are just absolutely hysterical. And I think I'll always remember them, but, um, I remember Von Miller once pointed to Shane Ray in the locker room and he pointed to, his ankle and he's like this much of you this is the only athletic part on your body and it was just the way he delivered it was just absolutely hysterical um 
what else? I remember uh, <laughs> Akib Talib. It was after that uh, Colts game where he was suspended for poking the guy in his eye. And he, when he came back from his suspension, he was talking to his teammates about how his kids asked him, Daddy, why you poke him in his eye? And it was just hysterical. Just these little things that I remember. Um, and then there was the key Harry Douglas moment, that interview. Um, we still regularly play that in the press room. Um, and it just, it's so funny, even still. Um, just some really great moments. I met so many great people, you know, from the organization, from other media covering the team, um, just folks in Denver who are big time Broncos fans. Um, some really great memories and covering Super Bowl 50. I mean, that was just, that was incredible. Um, you know, I've, I've covered Super Bowl since then, but to be a part of the coverage for a winning team is just on a whole nother level. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, you had to really appreciate what you're watching. I mean, that, especially that defense was just obviously one of the best in history. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, you get to see Peyton Manning's retirement, um, Gary Kubiak stepping down. I mean, there were a lot of notable moments in the team's history. My first day on the beat, actually, <laughs> um, and maybe this is, you know, a bit foretelling, um, was the press conference with Joe Ellis and John Elway. It was the day before training camp in 2014 when they um, announced that Pat Bullen was stepping down. That was my first day on the beat. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been a wild six years, but incredibly fun. And uh, Nikki, I suppose almost fitting that um, you and Chris Harris leave town uh, the, the same off season. And uh, I know like you've talked about like your, your, your parents uh, moved to Colorado. So there's obviously lots you're going to miss. But what are the things that maybe you're most excited about, about heading up to, to D.C.? Um, I think the, the challenge of it, you know, I, I've covered one team. Um, the Broncos and switching teams is difficult. Um, you know, luckily I go into it with um, more sourcing and, you know, people know me more. So it's a little bit easier in terms of dealing with agents and executives and, you know, others you need to really do a, a sound job as a reporter. Um, but it is a challenge, you know, getting acclimated to a new team and doing so this year in particular during a pandemic when I know I probably will not meet the people I'm covering until like 2021, which is going to be interesting, very odd. Um, but I, I think there's so many layers to that franchise. I mean, just being in DC um, during an election year, um, you know, all the controversy with her name, um, Dan Snyder is an interesting character in himself. I think I'm drawn to these bizarre ownership situations. Um, <laughs> and, and I think they're, you know, an interesting time and in kind of his tenure as owner. I mean, they've played so poorly for a while now. And, you know, with Ron Rivera stepping in, there's hope that he can really start to change the culture. Um, so it's all the storylines really intrigue me and just being in a, a bigger city, um, I lived in New York for seven years before moving to Denver, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to getting back to a bigger city, though I think I ultimately I'll probably move back to Denver and, 
you know, when I'm done with, you know, journalism entirely, but um, I'm, I just think it's a, it's a good opportunity. There's just so much to learn and do personally and professionally. So I, I'm excited. We wish you all the very, very best with that as well, Nikki. And you're obviously moving closer to us, getting you're getting a wee bit closer to Europe on, on, on the East Coast as yeah. well. And we definitely look forward to, I know it might be three or four years out, but whenever Washington does play Denver again, if it is in Washington or Denver, we'll definitely keep an eye on that there. One thing, Nikki, that has changed since you were last on, and we were planning to get you on in a few weeks anyway, but obviously now is the main time. Um, I don't think that I, I didn't really imagine the whole COVID thing would still affect the NFL by by this time of the year. Obviously, for us in Europe, it was going February, March. And I, I think we have to ask this question because we've seen yesterday, you obviously tweeted out the Broncos games that are on the East Coast. And that's, I mean, that's that's ironclad. They have to go and play those games. Uh, and Brandon McManus obviously replied or quoted that tweet yesterday saying, uh, you know, no chance on the East Coast games because health and safety issues for injuries in terms of, I think that might've been the same day travel. Um, just wondering what your opinion is on that. And just very quickly, the just to illustrate that in the Premier League over here in soccer, one team actually done the same day travel from London to Manchester uh, and got the, they, they turned up late and they were destroyed as well in the game. So just an yeah. illustration. Yeah, no, it's very difficult for those teams. I mean, um, the Broncos, they have their travel down to a science. They use, you know, United Airlines charter flight. Um, they bus over there. Um, their logistics guys are incredible and they they set out the the season-long plan months in advance I mean I know even um before that London game was a real possibility they had already been scouting hotels overseas and talking to chefs in those hotels and um you know they they put in a ton of time and it's very difficult to coordinate um you know travel for a group of close to a hundred. Um, so to, to get them there and back on the East coast, I mean, especially out here in Denver, the airport is so far from most anything. Anyway, it takes a while to get to the airport and then, you know, the whole ordeal, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough for them. I mean, games are, you know, three hours. Um, you know, you got all the press and locker room time after it, it's almost impossible, you know, and then you tack on, you know, a three to four hour flight, you know, each way, it's, it's just not doable. It, these guys will lose sleep. You got the time difference. It's just, it's a mess. Um, so it would be very, that alone would be very difficult. And then you think about why you're doing it anyway. And it's, you know, to, to reduce the um, susceptibility to the virus, but the NFL is just, in my mind, it's so much different than the other ones because it's a contact sport. Like you can socially distance in the locker room and um, do your best to, you know, keep guys separate and, um, you know, hotel spaces, but you can't do that on the field. It's a contact game. You know, they're, they're tackling, they're sweating. I mean, it's, you can't prevent it once they're on the field. Right. So you know, at that point, what is the point of, a, you know, a one day, who cares at that point about a, a you know, same day trip? I mean, you've kind of already, the risk is so great with everything else. Um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know how they're going to coordinate it. It's going to be interesting. Preseason is going to be, if they have preseason, it's going to be a heck of a test because, 
you know, rosters are 90 guys and they're huge and I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, it certainly is going to be a logistical nightmare, um, which is, it, you know, just, just in a football sense is, is a shame because this was really shaping up to be a fascinating season, you know, not, not only for the Broncos, and we discussed that with you the last time you were on, but also obviously the big story in the, in the past week has been the Cam Newton story, and he goes to New England, and here's a guy who's obviously almost the antithesis of Brady in, in terms of his play and, and I suppose the, the, the way, you know, the presence. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on Cam in, uh, in New England and, and at Foxborough with Belichick? I, I mean, I kind of assume that's where he would end up just because of the Patriots situation. I mean, I, I, they, they knew Tom Brady was seriously considering leaving and they they didn't even offer him so they knew it was over then I'm surprised they didn't do more to kind of prepare for his exit um you know and Cam Newton you know him and Colin Kaepernick are kind of the two you know most discussed names uh, on the free agent market for for quarterbacks anyway so I wasn't surprised by the move I was surprised by the contract um sounds like a really odd deal not a great one for Cam um, but I, I think, you know, everybody talks about personality fit and, you know, how will he mesh with Bill Belichick style. And I mean, I, I, you could probably say that about other players Bill Belichick has had, I, you know, I think, and I, I don't know that Cam Newton's personality is really a problem, so to speak. Um, you know, Ron Rivera, you know, holds him in high regard, um, so I, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, they, the Patriots are kind of where the Broncos were in 2016, right? I mean, kind of starting over. Um, so that's that's going to be, you know, it's it definitely shakes up the AFC for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Patriots 2.0 down in Tampa. Um, you know, if there's selfishly any reason I want the, the season to start on time and for them not to lose games is because they have Tampa early in the season and I want to see that game. It's going to be interesting. So, but yeah, it's never thought I'd see Cam Newton in New England and Tom Brady in Tampa, that's for sure. Add that to the list of weird things in 2020. Yeah, like, it's, it's like a meme today. They got us in the first half. Uh, and we'll see what happens in the second half. It's halfway through the year today of recording. It's been a weird year, Nikki, but at the same time, I guess we have to make the most of it now. One last thing I just want to ask you, Nikki, just before we go. Um, we had Lindsay Jones on yesterday um, from obviously from The Athletic as well, and we were talking to her about that story that you brought out about Peyton Manning, uh, and it was just mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a joy to read, to be honest with you. Have you found a challenge in maybe uh, creating new material throughout this pandemic if there has been no sports or... Did you really enjoy making that, for example? Um, you know, what's funny is I feel like I'm busier than ever without there being access, which I don't know how that happened, but I don't I have more story ideas than I did in the past. I think sometimes you kind of get in that routine where, oh, you're going to have access with this guy in it. I never want to complain about access because the more, the better. I want more. Um, but during OTAs, when it's just 15 minutes with a guy on a podium, you're like, okay, we're just, this feels forced. We're going through the motions. There's nothing I can do with this. But um, 
you know, during all this, it, it forces you to get a little creative and you get to do stories that you wouldn't otherwise do, which is fun. Um, you know, and I, the athletic is really cool because you have so many writers and you're in every market pretty much. So the, the opportunities for collaboration are, are great. I mean, this story, I mean, this was an idea by, uh, the Cardinals writer who unfortunately was laid off before, you know, this could come to fruition. Scott Bordeaux is a fantastic writer reporter. Um, and he sent this idea and we had, you know, group discussions with beat writers from all the teams that were involved in Peyton Manning's free agency in 2012. Um, and we bounced around ideas and, you know, it, it changed of course, when I was able to get Peyton, um, we weren't sure if that was going to happen because he's Peyton. Um, and when I, when I found out he would, he was willing to talk to me, um, I thought, okay, he'll, he'll give me like, you know, maybe 10 minutes max and I can get in a couple questions. Well, I tee him up and he talks for 40 minutes straight just to answer one question. And he recaps his entire free agency with incredible detail as only Peyton Manning can, cause he has, you know, an incredible memory. Um, and then I asked maybe, you know, three or four more follow-ups. So I has, a, I have this incredible hour long interview with Peyton that is just chock full of these hysterical anecdotes. Like, um, I'm recording, a a, a episode of the lead, which is, you know, our top podcast for the athletic. And we're going to include some audio from the interview and it's just Peyton's delivery on some of these. It's just so funny. Um, so getting that interview kind of made the story because when you have Peyton's voice and you have those anecdotes from him, you can kind of fill in the pieces and um, having writers in all the other markets, they were able to, uh, like in, in San Francisco, Matt Barrows was able to get Harbaugh and uh, others. And I got John Lynch and Munchak and um, Lindsay got, you know, John Fox and um, Mike Sando got some Titans folks. So um, we got all these voices together and it just, it, it wrote itself, honestly. I mean, I could have just transcribed the interview with Peyton and it would have been fantastic because it was for me as I was listening to it. I had to put my phone on mute because I was laughing so hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the silver lining on, in all of this from a media perspective, um, is you get to be creative. You get to have fun with these stories. You get to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, so it was, that was, that was the most fun I've had reporting a story for sure. Well, it's, it's an absolutely standout piece and kind of a, a lovely way as you draw your time in Denver to a close. And we said it, um, you know, off air beforehand, like our Broncos Europe group, when the news went out, it lit up and people were talking about it. And I think that's a testament to, to you and, you have great journalistic instincts and they'll certainly serve you well as you move on to, to DC. And we just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us over um, twice over the last few weeks. And hopefully we'll uh, keep in touch with you during your time in DC and from everyone at, at Broncos Europe, just thanks and uh, all the best, Nikki. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me on and please do stay in touch. I would love to come on anytime and I'll be following your podcast from DC. You guys do an amazing job. So I'll be turning to you guys for information about Broncos now. So thank, yeah. <laughs> hopefully I'll get to see you guys in person soon, you know, and 
there's got to be a overseas trip in my future eventually, right? Here, like I mean, technically, with Washington and Denver now, you've got a, a two and thirty-two chance of of a London game happening with one of those yeah. teams eventually when it all kicks up again. Nikki, I'll say one thing that uh, they tell me. If I leave my job as, as a teacher and go to a different school, uh, don't be a stranger. And I'll say the same to you. Don't be a stranger. Feel free to check in with us anytime. Um, and I'll just say to Colin as well, Nikki, feel free to post us over your uh, media credentials for next season. And we'll, 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 we'll take it from here for, for the athletic. But it's been a pleasure, obviously, <laughs> chatting to you and, and just following your content. And, and we look forward to seeing it evolve even more over the next few years. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks.